Yo, welcome back to another episode of On Spot Sports. I'm Jack, and today's episode we're joined by a former professional hockey goaltender and current professional goalie coach, Pete DeSalvo, a.k.a. the Mad Dog. He's been on plenty of times before, so not, nothing new, but he's a great goalie coach around the around the area. He's with Mega Goaltending right now. He was with uh, CBR, Brave, and the AI in the Australian Ice Hockey League last season. And he's also taken on a D3 college, I believe, as well right now at St. Scholastica, right? Yep, that's right. Perfect. It's like, it's uh, it's good to have you back on the show, Pete. So welcome to the show, Pete DeSalvo. Yeah, thanks for having me back, man. Always a, always a pleasure. Yeah, of course. Always, always good to get you on because we, it's always going to be a good episode. And, you know, there's a lot of controversial goaltending uh techniques and stuff that we get into so it's gonna be a fun one yeah and i agree i'm excited to dive into it give you my opinion on a couple of things backed up by some facts so well uh, let's hop on to it what do you got for me <laughs> yeah so uh, like obviously in the goalie world the rvh is one of the like most controversial topics to to date it's like what what's your take on like the rvh and like i know there's a lot of like rvh goals that happen all the time especially in the nhl which should not be going into like what's your take on the rvh and just everything are you, surrounding are you that about, are you talking about the goals like in preseason on montem and the one in the ahl and jack campbell previously yeah yeah so first off there's only one way to position yourself on the on the post in the rvh and it's not skate blade it's not toe inside the post it's you gotta have your toe bridge on the post you got you got to have toe bridge on the post that gives you the best seal for one gets rid of those little tiny holes and you know the the, the complaint I hear is well they those goals don't happen often well they do they still do happen who cares if it's not often they happen they shouldn't be happening they're terrible goals you can't even if you give up two in a whole season that's two goals that could have been taken off of your GAA yeah. and help your safer too if you want to look at it in a bit of a selfish way but at the same time you're also helping your team by having a proper seal right and the other thing with the toe bridge is that it gives you the easiest way to rotate on the post because you know we have to adjust our angle depending on where the player is going to skate if he's going to go through the crease if his only option is an in tight pass you know there's all that type, there's all those type of things too so it gives you the best rotation on the post and it eases off the hips too right like when you have your skate blade on the post you have to use your hips so much more than you would if you had your toe bridge on to rotate to get your proper angle it just skate blade just destroys your hips that much more and it's already a bad position to be in especially with the hips and ankles and everything so it's already going to be uh taxing on the body yeah like like when you watch me play like i use the rvh but i didn't use it super often i was more of a regular vh guy but i've like my last two years in the league, I played with hip spurs in both my hips and I still have them now. I still like, I get the knee pains from t- time to time from the tugging on them and all that. It's not too bad, but like just, um, yeah, you gotta be careful with it. So like, thankfully I was using the way I learned it. I was using it the proper way too. So, and just a couple of other like controversial things about the RVH too. like guys are using it way too often, like pucks in the corner guy goalies are down in their RVH looking for the puck in a scramble or if it's just on the half wall, you know, like there's no need. You always have the most control on your feet. 
yeah. like sliding and all that works, but it's only for in tight stuff. Like if a guy say like pucks in the corner while battles happening, you don't need to be down your RVH. You need to be on your feet so you can be get ready for A to Z, not A to B. Know what I mean by that? Yeah. Like say say opposing team wins the that wall battle in the corner and he starts to attack the net and you know that his only options are driving the net low or there's a in tight pass, then you can drop right away. But like like how many times like in the bubble when Montreal played Pittsburgh to get that last playoff spot, like Matt Murray's overdoing the RVH. He has his arm wrapped around the post and he thinks he's taking away the puck angle, but the puck is so far away that we were, Montreal was able to roof it on him. Yeah. Like it happens so much more than people think. And the reason we don't see it as much is because the goalies who do it the most, they don't want to advertise that on them because they don't want them to get exposed and seeing like, oh, he's doing that wrong. Like Vasilevsky's notorious for it too. I've seen him get beat like that like five or six times in one season, but they don't highlight it the most because it's vast and they want to, they want to advertise him as the best goalie in the world. And like, I get that he's a good goalie, but he does a lot of things wrong, including that he overcomplicates his game. That's all. That's all it is. When you're doing these things, like, yeah, it works for me. Yeah, it works for you. But why, what if you simplify it? How much better is that going to work for you? That's the, that's the key thing when playing goaltending is you got to look to simplify your game as much as possible. Yeah. And it just, and while you simplify everything, like it's going to create less goals that you give up and less GAs against, and it'll help. It'll just help like overall, just simplify your game and just know what's best, best for you. And like to advertise like the, as the best goal is like to advertise that in positions that you should be when you shouldn't be in them. Yeah, exactly. And and there's so many other like little gimmicks too that guys use to here's oh here's another thing about the RVH too. So you know you know the Finnish League Liga? Yeah. So you know so just bear with me on this. You know this this ties in with the RVH. You know that they that the goalies in Liga are not allowed to use bungee cords on their pads. They can't use pro laces or anything that they have to really? use skate laces. Yeah, because they did a study there that proves that with your post work and the RVH, when you're pushing off the post, especially on the toe bridge, because that's what the older goalie coaches teach their goalies to use. When you push off your post, bungee cords and pro laces slow you down by about half a second. Hmm. Because the way you got to look at it, so that especially pro laces, like out of all the bungee cords, pro laces are by far the best ones. I gave them a try. They felt great on my feet and all that. But the problem is, is that when you get your toe bridge on the post to get that proper seal rotation, that elasticity, sorry, mumbling my words, that elast, I can't even say, you know what I'm trying to say? Yeah. Elasticity. elasticity yeah. Yeah, that's the word. There's so much of it that when you go to push off the post, it just wraps around the post so much. And then it launches you. Think of it like if you're on a trampoline, you're not going to jump into the air straight away, right? You're yeah. going to, that trampoline's going to absorb you and then launch you. That's the same thing with the bungee cords. It does the exact same thing a trampoline does when you jump. So skate lace on your, on your pad instead with a couple of knots so you have that extra slack, that's more stiff. So you push off the post right away. Like when I tried the bungee cord, I tried it for about three, four weeks I put a skate lace back on on a captain skate. And I'm like, yeah, I'm sticking with these. I'm way faster. I feel the post more. I have more control of my pad, bringing it across with me. Even on my feet, I felt more control of my pads. So I got rid of the I got rid of the pro laces right away. Yeah, like I've I've always been 
benefit like i've always hated this do using the scaly so like i've gone the bungee ever since like i got my third set of pads i believe and like but like it just feels feels a lot more natural to me than the scalies, honestly. But like I'm tempted, like after you said that, to maybe go back and try and give it more of an open, like open thought and see if like yeah, I do notice it. a difference. Like try it. And if you don't notice a difference, then you put your bungee cords back on. What's the harm yeah. of that, right? You just gotta put them on right because you know, with the bungee cords too, like the whole purpose of them as well is to put less stress on your ankles, knees, and hips. If you have enough slack on your scale lace, like two to four inches, find that sweet spot for yourself. It does the exact same thing because it's not yeah. tugging on your pad as much. Yeah, exactly. And like the the worst part about like the scale lace is like when it comes like undone, like and you're just like slipping, sliding on it. Like when it when like one of the laces just snap. Just do 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 this then. If like if the if your your knot comes undone or you tie it up, if that's one of your issues, just find the sweet spot with you take your velcro from your bungee cords put the scale lace through that and tie a knot you could find a sweet spot with that as well yeah that, that's uh that's another good option just gotta gotta be more open-minded to uh, like try and try new things and never know what what could happen all of my goalies that i train with here aside from a couple of the young ones just because their parents aren't sure how to do it i got them yeah. all a switch out of bungee cords aside from one of my goalies one of my goalies refuses I said, okay, if you're gonna wear them, you have to wear pro laces then. Yeah. So that's, <laughs> was he that's wearing something else besides pro laces before that? Uh, he had the standard Bowers on them, and he switched gotcha. to pro laces. He likes them way more. So. Yeah, but that, that, that's funny that you're able to convince everyone else to switch besides one person. Yeah, I got I got them all, and they all every kid notices a difference in how much better it feels, especially like those cheap ones that come standard on pads that are just like. Yeah inches long like they don't even do the purpose of what a bungee cord is actually supposed to do aside from be convenient of putting on being easier to put on yeah exactly it just takes takes that much that much longer to put it or that much quicker to put put your pad on yeah no but you know i i get that kid it's they want it to be easier for kids yeah it's more convenient and all that kind of stuff but convenient doesn't always mean best yeah yeah just does doesn't doesn't always mean uh, that's going to be the best option. Like you just got to play around with everything and see what, what goes best for best yeah, for you, exactly. best for what your position is. Yeah, no, exactly. It's like trying on different brands of gear. You're going to find something that feels best, right? Yeah. Yeah, exactly. And you're just going to, you're just going to ride with it after. Exactly. Yeah. But uh, like, did you see the, you saw the Connor Bedard goal in the, when, it was during the preseason game that we're talking that we're talking about where the Blues goalie was in the RVH and at the faceoff yep. dot. Yeah, he's on the blue, on the left blue, side. Blue, yeah, blue. why why are you on why are you in the RVH on? Like I, I see goalies all the time do that now, and it's like why? Like you're giving up the entire yeah. top corner and far side. I don't like. I've heard I've heard so many different excuses. Oh, it's easier to find the puck in their feet. It's like you're literally going down maybe a foot and a half yeah. from where you are you're making yourself smaller and you're doing an extra movement stay on your feet conserve your legs because when you're down in your knees on your knees like that for an excess amount of time you build up that lactic acid too yeah like, it's gonna slow you down a little bit it's definitely an overused tool it's a great tool to use but it's way overused and too many people and too many goalies are just using it because they see all these other 
like NHL guys, KHL guys using it all the time. It's like, no, there's a time and place for it and it's yeah. way overused. Yeah. It's like, I used to be the, the one where it'd be like, Oh, I'd be using it way too much, but like within maybe a stick length, like that's the only time I'll use it every time, every other time, like I'm on my feet. Depending on how quick you are too, is for me, yeah. I have to do it like a stick and a half, two stick lengths away. Cause towards my, my last two, two, three years, of playing i i was starting to feel the luongo effect it's getting a little slower i was still able to to give it my all right so but uh it all depends on it all depends on how quick you can get down into it too yeah exactly just depends on the the amount of time and how like how how fast you can be like you said yeah like some goalies i've seen they're able to just like jump into it right away it's like if only my hips worked like that, it would have been so much easier. But you know, the, the OG VH, it, it works too. Just some like for me, that's what worked for me. You just have to know how to use it properly. I still teach regular VH too because some of my young goalies don't know how to use an RVH right now. So I, we just use regular VH for now. And as they get older, they get stronger. You know, that's when I'll start teaching them more RVH stuff. Yeah. It's like, what is like the proper way for? uh to use the vh instead of the rvh it's more so just for well again it depends on where the players are the type of player all that kind of stuff but basic setup obviously one knee down one knee up you want your blocker to be a little bit tighter to your body so you don't have that open hole underneath your armpit and this is on the glove side and you want your glove to be over top of your uh, over top of your pad yeah. And then depending love on top of the pad and then depending on where the player is. So if you know, the player has a clear lane to the net and can take you from post to post, you have to have your, on the on your glove side, you'd have to have your blocker side leg more on your goal line. So you can go post to post because yeah. if you're more on an angle, you're going to push out of your net and the guy can go right around you. Now, if there's no lane to drive, then you could square up more and bring that leg around to take away that net angle because all they have is a little step out. That way you can get your small little push on that step out. And same thing, vice versa on the other side. The other side's a little more complicated because your stick kind of gets in the way. So it's more so you got to get your elbow up a little bit more on your pad and try to keep your stick on the ice at the same time. And you just, and same thing, glove a little bit tighter to your body. You don't want it down on the ice. So. Yeah, exactly. Losing you again. Yeah, and it's just like that stick size. Def- that stick side is okay. definitely definitely harder to keep down. But like, but like, yeah, once you get like that arm up more, like it makes it a little bit more easier. Yeah. No. Absolutely. And you just gotta be a little more aware to react with the that blocker side arm. If the shot comes up higher, you know, yeah. it might look a little old school, but it's just, it's one of those things where if you have to use that technique still, again, the thing you got to remember is you got to use it in tight. If you're using it when the players are too far away, they're going to have that little bit of that extra room. Like look how many players, top NHL players can pick those corners. They see a puck size oh, yeah. hole and a goalie's not moving. They'll pick it every single time. I have like so many, I've had so many discussions about this because like, yeah, you know, you've seen it on my Instagram story. Oh, if he had just done this, he would have made the save. And then yeah. I'm like, well, and then the, that's where the the argument comes again. Well, it doesn't happen often. Yeah, but it still happens, and it shouldn't be. Happen- and it's still a goal against. 
can understand. Yeah, I can understand like once every three, four years it's gonna happen. Everybody lets in bad yeah. goals. But if you could if you can at least put yourself in a proper position and then you give up the bad goal, I'd rather that than put yourself in a bad position and that's why you gave up the bad goal. Yeah, exactly. It's all about like play, time and place. Yeah. So time and place. Just my philosophy is give yourself the best chance. Yeah. Every single time. And if you make it harder on yourself, you know what? You made it harder on yourself. And if you have done this, maybe you would have had, maybe you would have made that save then. It's like, yeah. I, it's, I, it's like, like even with my goalies at Scholastica, I'm showing them a couple of new things that they've never been aware of and they're trying to add it to their game. And it's been working for them. We're six and all right now. There you go. Yeah, and getting those wins and having your goalies get the best chance to to make that save, make those saves. Yeah, so you're just there. Your goalies are just giving your team the the best chance to to win and make those saves for for themselves. Yeah, exa- exactly. You you always got to like it, as selfish as it could sound. As you, you know, you don't want to you want your stats to be good and all that. Yeah. But when your stats are that good, that's when you're giving your team the best chance to win too, because you're doing your job. Yeah, exactly. But uh, after uh, after talking about the aviation and everything, like I want to I want to talk about like the the trapezoid because like uh, I know there that's a bit of a controversy as well. Like I know like in in the Fed and the SB or like the Fed, there's no trapezoid, but I, I don't think there is in the SB either, right? Or is there like the trapezoid rule? There is in yeah. Yeah, I've been playing with the trapezoid since I was. I played with the trapezoid from I was fifteen all the way until Quad City. Aside gotcha. from, aside from my two years in Canadian college, Canadian college doesn't have, college. I don't think any college league has it, but you know, SP definitely has it, and uh, get rid of it. There's no need for it. You know, they talk about, you know, they want more goal scored. They want goalies to not play the puck as much. You know what? When yeah. you get a goalie playing the puck, that's when you can catch up other teams off guard and send guys on breakaways, especially some of the best goalies. Like in Danbury, I was there for three months. I only got four recro- recorded, but I had seven assists in the three months that I was there. And it's because you're, you beat, you're yeah. able to play the just puck freely. Yeah, just because I was able to get into the corner and play the puck. Like my first two games, I had my first two games, I had three assists. I'm pretty sure if not three, it was two. <laughs> Yeah, it's just like so so much easier and like cuz like it gives like it gives everyone a benefit on your team cuz you're a third third D yeah. man out there. Yeah, exactly. You know what? The goal goalies are getting smarter, they're getting better. Like oh, the goalies are going to you know what? If you want that really want that puck to go to the corner, you have to soft chip it and goalies are fast enough now these days they can race out and grab it. Yeah. I've gone out and got so many times of penalty kills and just ice the puck right away. Like we found we find our ways around it. It's just a gamble at times. And, you know, in, in the minor leagues, some of the refs need to get with the rules. I remember I was, when I was with Macon, uh, we were we were playing against Fayetteville. And I got the puck. I stopped it just outside of the trapezoid. I pushed it behind me through the trapezoid. Didn't touch it. I was outside in front of it. Pushed it through to go behind the net because I was a little bit ways. And then I grabbed yeah. it afterwards. The ref called me for delay game penalty i'm like why'd you call me a penalty on that he's like because you played the puck through the trapezoid 
I'm like, I pushed it when I was outside the trapezoid and then touched it again when it was behind the net. He says, you can't do that. And then I looked at him and I said, so am I not allowed to rim the puck? Because even though the puck's in the air, technically yeah, it goes through, through it. So you got to find the fine line. And then he didn't say anything and skated away. Because he knew you were right after that. Anytime I've challenged refs, oh, it's in, it's insane. They skate away like a bunch of crybabies. Like it's <laughs> like some refs are chill. Some refs will actually yeah. have reason with you. I've had some refs come up to me and say, yeah, you were right. I should have. I should have called it this way. I'm like, yeah, I get it, but don't skate away. Don't skate away. Be a, be a man. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That, that's crazy. That's crazy that you got called for going for putting the puck through the, through the trapezoid and then touching it on the other side. Like you, like you said, you do the exact same thing on a rim and you're still playing it outside. So I don't know why it mattered. I think they're just trying to help Fayetteville out, Fayetteville out because they were dead last, and we were up like five rip on them. <laughs> maybe, maybe, maybe that was a reason. Maybe, yeah. But yeah, get they got to get rid of it now. Like it's, it's a dumb, it's a dumb Marty rule for Marty Turco yeah. and Marty Broad, you know. And it, it just it doesn't make any sense anymore. Just get rid of it. Let the goalies go out, and you know what? If then if if we go out and we get hit and, and we get hit by a player because we go to play the puck, so be it. We took our own risk. Yeah. If we touch the puck, we should be goalie should be fair game. We put ourselves in a vulnerable position. We gotta be ready for it. We gotta learn how to take hits. Yeah, exactly. I I, I agree with that. Like if you're if you're out there playing it, you're if you're fair game. If they want to hit you, go for it. Yeah, we gotta we gotta be able to take it. We're men. You know, it, obviously it's a rule that we can't. So if a goalie gets yeah. drilled, you know, we're looking for the call. But I don't think it should be a penalty. I think goalie should be fair game if they go outside the crease to play the puck. Yeah, it, exactly. And, like, play, along, going along with, like, playing the puck, like, going for, like, a goalie goal like Alex, Nadel, Alex Nadelkovic scored yesterday in the, in the American League. Like, what what is your rule, uh, rule of thumb if a goalie is going to try to go for an empty net? Like, oh, leading up by two up. or don't? Up, up up by two yeah. up by two I, I think is good but you know what if if there's like 10 seconds left and you're only up by a one just go for it yeah. you got a time coach calls a timeout cat team catches their legs if you missed and then you just you know the team's gonna play hardball in in zone anyway so because what do teams do now these days anyways they just ice it. They keep icing it to yeah. catch your leg. They they put their they make sure their best centermen's out there. The wind draws, and they just keep icing it to catch your legs. Yeah, exactly. And like, I I agree with like the two the two goal two goal rule because like I don't want to put my my myself or like the team in a bad spot if go ahead and ice it and something happens. But like with like ten five ten or eight ten seconds left, why not? If you think you can get it over there. Why not yeah. go for it? Especially, especially if it's uh, depends on the game too. If it's like a game where you're up, and you know it, you if they were to tie it up, you know obviously you want to win and you want yeah. to put the team first. But if it's like a game that doesn't really mean anything either, like last game of the season, standings aren't going to change, stuff like that. You look at you can look at it go from that it. point of view too. Yeah, go for it. <laughs> Just depends too. Yeah, it's like. It's like playing. It's like playing and making saves. You got right, right time, right situation, all that same stuff. Same same rules apply. Yeah, it, exactly. But I, I want to move on to like the 
telling uh, the head coaches to let goalie coaches decide who plays? Because I know you have, like, you're big into letting the goalie coach uh, tell the head coach who to who to play. It's like, what what's your take on that? Yeah, so with my Australian guys, basically the head coach gave me the thumbs up to decide who was going to start each game. And then for playoff weekend, we had a discussion about who we thought was going to be our playoff guy because our guys split the season pretty much. Yep. I think I think our guy who played playoffs, um, Alexi, I'm pretty sure he played a couple more regular season games, but not many, maybe like four, four or five, four, something around there, give or take. But, you know, he just the, – the coaches over there, especially when they have two number ones that are locals, they don't really know how to handle – situations and you know i went i would go i would look at like each month like okay he's gonna play this game if we win then he's gonna play this game but like i just kept going back and forth i tried to make it logical and reasonable of who was gonna play make it fair and also take into account the other factor i put into it i i need i put into it a little bit too was um you know these guys work full-time jobs and they work weekends too before they play so I'm like, you know what? Okay, I'm going to give so-and-so both games this weekend so he can work and just focus on that. And then the next weekend, he'll play both games. Like, it's just stuff like that. And, um, you know, you got you to gotta look at – you got to look at specific situations too. And, like, the, the worst thing a coach can do is go off of if you win, you get to keep playing. Like that was, it's one of the dumbest rules I've, I've ever seen a coach do. Like one of the smartest things I've seen with that though. So I'll give you a great example. So Kevin, Kevin Kerr, assistant coach for Birmingham, his last year in Macon. Um, and this is what his goalies told me. He said that if they, if you win, you get to keep playing, but you had a, you had a, um, you had a three win maximum. So if you won three in a row, then the, the other guy was going to start the next game. That way he wasn't sitting cold for weeks at a time. Yeah. So you're just getting, but if you everyone, lost, everyone, the other guy, but if you lost the guy, yeah. Yeah. But if you lost and the other guy would go back in. Yeah. That, yeah. That made, that but makes like, a lot of sense. Cause you're not just I, like, that, it, but, and both are goalies. Both are goalies were ECHL. Yeah, that that makes a lot and, of sense because you're not and both of the both goalies there that year. But... I was gonna say that makes a lot of sense because like you're not a goalie's not sitting for a week, two weeks, or three three weeks and not not playing. Like they're just getting equal playing time pretty much and just being able to stay hot. Yeah, especially when they had two guys that were ECHL AHL quality goalies. It was the COVID year where a lot of guys dropped down, and one of the goalies was Jake Toit. Oh yeah. He's a, he's, he's a, he's a stud too. Oh yeah. Great guy off the ice too. But, and like, here's like another dumb, dumb, dumb example. Like, cause uh, just an example of coaches not knowing what they're doing when they're playing their goalies. So I'll, I'll give you a quad city example. So when I was in quad, we had a weekend where we were in Macon twice. And then the third night in Birmingham. So the first game uh, my goalie partner played. We lost five four. We were winning five four in regulation. The next night we lost one nothing, 
I gave up a goal on a breakaway. When I made the original save, guy got his own rebound. The next night in Birmingham, who would you think would start that game? You. I didn't. We went, my coach went with my goalie partner because I lost the game. And we won like 6-5 or something, a high-scoring game and a shootout. And then the next weekend, I didn't start one game because my goalie partner kept playing after that. Yeah, that's kind of that's kind of crazy. Just you hope like, yeah, like you should be the one that was starting that game, that next game. And like, don't get me wrong, my goalie partner still played well in those games. Yeah. Like he got left out to dry in a couple and all that. But when when your main when the guy is supposed to be your main guy only like gives up one goal and your and the team doesn't score for him, how do you sit him out that long? Like that's the that's what I mean. Like if you're gonna go by win lose. Uh, if your coach is going to play his goalies off of win-lose, you got to look at the outcome of the game too. And that's what I did with my Aussies too. I would say, you know what, if he wins this game, but I want to see how the game goes first, then we'll discuss who's going to yeah. start the next one just to make it more. Because, you know, if the, guy, if the guy's hot, keep, keep him playing. Like when I was in Knoxville, like I think four or five of my losses that year were 2-1 games. But Carr didn't, my coach, uh, Carr, he didn't sit me out. He kept me going because I was playing well still. I'm only giving, I was only, we only got with the one goal. You know, yeah. like you, goalies, goalies can't, goalie goals don't win you games and they don't happen no. often, right? You Goalies can't win you games uh, on the scoreboard unless they're just keeping out as much as they can. Yeah, and you were, you were doing your job. You just need more offense yeah. to produce more goals because you're holding them in within within one or two one to two goals every game yeah exactly you, you, and you can't base who you're going to start off of a feeling you got to go yeah. with the guy that you know is your guy and that's how you get him confidence like if you have a guy that you know is supposed to be your number one and he has that one-off game you know what either put him back in the next night or tell him hey i'm going to give so-and-so this game you're going back the next two in a row that's yeah. how you give your confidence. Yeah, and it's all all about confidence. And once uh, once you have that confidence, like you could, you're gonna start winning games, and everyone's gonna start trusting you. Exactly, and and when you have that confidence of knowing, oh, I know I had a bad game, but I'll be good the next night. Like there's, I've had so many instances with with certain coaches where I had a bad game, and I thought I was gonna get the next night as a rebound. Like nope. Didn't play, didn't play for maybe another two or three weeks, and then my confidence shot. And I know control only way you could control, but you know what? Yeah. I was at a point where I've earned my spot, and I know what I'm capable of. And everybody sees how badly I want to keep playing. That I shouldn't have, to, I shouldn't have had to have waited three weeks to get my next chance. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. And just like, just like, what what's some advice that you give? Like, if like player if goalies are in like that uh, that place where it's like they're not playing for whatever amount of weeks or whatever and like they're not just if you're if you're oh, it's young, unfair like what what are you what what's some advice you'd give if you're young or you're new to the league and you know it's a league that's above where that you're not used to just you got to pay your dues. Everybody has yeah. to pay your dues. I did it in the OHL I did it in college I did it in the SPA shell you know i i got my my fair share in the coast where i didn't get much of uh a chance to start anywhere 
but you know what? I paid, I paid my dues and I got to a point where in my career I was content with where I was. And I knew that I could be the guy in that, in the, in the SP for whatever team I was playing for that, you know, I, I just got to keep working hard in practice and showing the coaches what I, what I have the, what I have at the table still. And that, that, that's the best thing I can do. If you're a guy that's been around a long time and you're, you're wondering what's going on, you, and you know that your coach has an, uh, 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 you know, your coach has an actual open door policy, yeah. then go talk to him and ask him, Hey, I'm just curious, like what's your take on this? And after you give me your take, can I give you my take? So you can understand it from my point of view, because a lot of coaches don't understand goaltending. They don't understand the physical part of it. They don't understand the mental side of it. And that's where a goalie coach who played a long time that understands goaltending comes into play that can help the head coaches make these decisions. Yeah. And it's good to have a guy that's been there, been through, paid all his, all his dues, everything like that knows what it takes to get to the top level and just have a guy that's there to, that actually knows the the position of goaltending. Like it, it, it'll help a lot. Yeah, no, definitely. And you know, like you're in Watertown right now and you're grinding it out. It's your first time really being with the fed team. You're paying your dues right now. Eventually your time's going to come. You just got to keep working and showing the coach that you want to be there and that you're ready to go. And then when your moment comes, that's when you got to be ready to rock and roll. Yeah, exactly. And it's just about being a good teammate and doing everything I can uh, to help, help the team and just get better every single day. Yep. And here's my other advice. If you are a new guy in a league and you're handed everything to you right away, you better be humble about it because if you're yeah. not and you show the wrong emotions and show that – you know, you think you're better than everybody else, you won't have a long playing career and you won't move forward very quick. Yeah, exactly. It's a lot, a lot to learn. Like when you're, when you're given that opportunity, you got to take advantage of it. Yeah. Just got to take advantage of yep, the opportunity. Like, and if you're, uh, like if my first year in the SP. Dues. Yep. Like my first year in the SP. I came in, I ended up getting the starting job. I got hurt. Uh, the starter from the year before who won the championship of Pensacola, he came back down. I became a third goalie for a while. And then eventually I, I just became the backup for the rest of the year. But you know what? I was still ready to go whenever it was my time to play. I didn't take anything for granted. And then the next season, I got the starting job with the Mississippi River Kings. So it's just a matter of, you know, just like you said, be a good teammate, be ready for your opportunities and take advantage of them all. Yeah, exactly. And I, I think that's a that's a great place to wrap up. And like everything you said has been has been great. And like, I, I love having conversations with you like this. And like, even if we tackle the controversy of goaltending, like it's been a lot of fun. I, I appreciate you coming on Mad Dog. No, appreciate it, Jack. Thanks for having me again, man. Yeah, of course.